Hello, it's Arthur Snell here. Welcome to a special preview of a brand new podcast, Doomsday Watch, from the makers of Oh God, What Now? If you win Ohio and you win Florida and you win Iowa and all by big numbers, big, big win in Florida, all by big numbers, when that happens, nobody's ever lost. Nobody's ever lost. This was the scam of the century, and this was the crime of the century. Welcome to America. Here in the world's greatest democracy, in spite of a clear result in the last presidential election, nearly half of the population and almost all of the supporters of the losing side are convinced the vote was rigged. This is a story of a great project which has torn itself apart from the inside. It's about a political movement that has given up on politics, and a loser who can't accept he lost. Most of all, it's a story about the end of democracy in America and their second civil war. We run a serious risk of pretty significant violence. January 6, 2021, this was their American revolution. This isn't going away. At what point do we start saying this is no longer a democratic country? You could call it a civil war. I'm Arthur Snell, and I spent much of my adult life in British government service all over the world trying to stop bad things from happening. I've done election monitoring in Zimbabwe, counterterrorism in Yemen, stabilization missions in Iraq and Afghanistan. Now I'm back home in the UK and I'm the managing director of Orbis, a business intelligence consultancy. My work means I'm monitoring the issues driving global politics and security on a daily basis. And what I'm seeing is worrying. Whether it's our failing forever wars, our relations with Russia and China, or the challenges of the online world, we don't seem very good at anticipating and mitigating major risks to our society. And the pandemic is a pretty good reminder that the biggest things we have to deal with can come out of nowhere. This podcast series is an attempt to guide you around the stuff that really matters in the world at the moment. The stuff that has the capacity to affect all of our lives. And what we'll see as we follow the thread is, like that line in my favourite movie, Syriana, everything is connected. These are the things that we have to get right, and if we get them wrong, we're in real trouble. This is Doomsday Watch. My name is Jack Goldstone. I'm a professor at George Mason's Shar School of Policy and Government, and I've been researching revolution and political protest for pretty much my entire 40-year career. Jack Goldstone's a man after my own heart. A historian by trade, he sensed there was something amiss a long time ago. His 1991 book, Revolutions and Rebellions, presented a model to determine a nation's vulnerability to political crisis. When I started looking at revolutions, I really wanted to know, why do states collapse? And it turned out that there were a set of conditions that were quite common to periods of upheaval. I developed that model because I was studying the great revolutions in history. I was kind of stunned to look around and realize, boy, these, these similar conditions actually seem to be underway in the United States and the other advanced capitalist countries. So much so that when you run these indicators for the 2010s and the 2020s, 
it looks now like we're getting to levels of underlying volatility that we haven't seen since the 19th century. Where there's anger, where there's polarized elites, and where there's weak states, democracy may not work as well as it's supposed to. And so, yes, even democracies can have violence and fall into some kind of upheaval or even civil war. Look, I think right now we run a, a serious risk of pretty significant violence. And you could call it a civil war. You could call it an insurrection or an uprising. Uh, the term you use is perhaps less important than the reality, which is we could see sporadic but quite severe violence in large parts of the US in the next, say, two to four years. That's David Kilcullen. I first met David more than 15 years ago when I was running the Foreign Office counter-extremism program. Since then, our lives have followed similar paths, Iraq, Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia. David has battled insurgents as an Australian infantry officer. He's got a doctorate in counterinsurgency and was America's chief counterterrorism strategist. He was the brains behind the Iraq surge and is probably the world's leading expert on counterterrorism and counterinsurgency. This is a man who knows a thing or two about failed and failing states. And one of the things that he's observed is that a lot of the failing is invisible. I've seen this too. In Yemen, back in the early 2000s, people used to say to me, this is a state failing in slow motion. But it still had many of the features of a normal country, albeit a very poor one. You had government ministries, a president who had won elections, political parties. It had most of these things as recently as 2011. But nowadays, Yemen is just a space on a map. It has no functional government. These changes can happen in a few short years. So we actually know a fair bit about this by looking at um, state collapse under conditions of insurgency. Uh, the guy who I would point people to if they want to read some really well-researched work on this is Gordon McCormack, who's an academic at the Naval Postgraduate School. Um, in essence, to summarise Gordon's argument, and I, I see this reflected in the work I do as well, insurgent groups tend to collapse slowly, right? Um, they they degrade a lot in the initial period, but then they have a long tail where they survive for a very long time. States are the opposite. T states have lots of moving parts that all have to fit together or have to work in harmony for the you know, complex structure to operate. And they tend to get hollowed out. They degrade slowly, but then suddenly they collapse quickly. And I think one of the issues we've seen here over the past several years is that a lot of institutions, the CDC, the Supreme Court, uh, the political parties themselves, um, state governments, the police uh, have been shown to have feet of clay, you know, and there's a sort of collapse of belief in the legitimacy of the system. And the fact that big tech firms and the uh, mainstream media are censoring dissent and preventing people from having the discussions about that doesn't make the problem go away. It just pushes it underground so that as a result, that collapse of confidence is continuing behind the scenes. So you end up with this sort of facade of normality and facade of permanence, uh, but it only takes a big enough shock or a widespread enough turbulence to just cause rapid collapse. So how did we get here? This goes all the way back to the foundation of America itself, a battle between two ideals, a land built on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness 
and another parallel America, one built on slavery, violence, authoritarianism, and paranoia. America's civil war in the 1860s might have ended the institution of slavery, but anti-democratic forces weren't defeated. They were empowered, given a deal. So-called Jim Crow laws ensured that black people in Southern American states were excluded from any kind of political power. As the 19th century gave way to the 20th, the paranoid, violent racists in American society began to emerge back into the open. Southern states were segregated societies and an America first strand of fascism reared its head in plain sight. This fascism remains a poison in parts of American society today. A lot of this story starts in the 1960s when the Democrats got behind civil rights. Terry Boughton is an associate professor of history at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and the writer of Taming Democracy, a history of America since the revolution. Republicans using the Southern strategy, which was about appealing to the white working class voters and Southern whites to try to peel them off of the Democratic Party. Um, using racist appeals because, you know, economic appeals weren't going to work because the Republicans were all about tax cuts for the wealthy and, you know, eliminating social programs that a lot of the white working class benefited from. Then there's also looking at the rise of social movements in the 70s. So the rise of the women's movement and the rise of a a gay rights movement. Um, And to the extent that those movements and the goals of those movements have been adopted by a political party, it's been the Democrats. And so people who opposed and, and saw all of these changes, right, the secularization of society and the embrace of gay rights and the embrace of women's rights and the embrace of uh, black rights or Chicano rights or whatever, right, as it was called at the time in the, in the 70s, became objects of resentment. And, and the thing is, these groups realize they're losing. They're losing the culture. Corporate America has gone with a multicultural society, the multicultural future. And so it, there is this sense of the world is dying. This, everything is changing. Our world is dying. This is our last chance. What's happening is the culmination of a number of, of long-term trends, but both political and demographic and, and changes in, in the United States. This isn't going away. One of the ways to view the Trump era is to view it as the the dying gasp, I hope, of a worldview that was fundamentally thrown into disarray when Barack Obama became president, which is to say, you know, this this country that has a history of extraordinarily awful racial oppression baked into its sort of DNA from its inception has also then come to terms with the fact that in 2008, a black man was elected president of the United States. Professor Brian Class is a Washington Post columnist, host of the Power Corrupts podcast, and expert on despotism and dictatorship. The backlash that that wrought was an open embrace of racism of a kind that was always there before Trump, but was simmering... That was your special preview of episode one of Doomsday Watch. The full episode is available now on all platforms. Search Doomsday Watch wherever you get your podcast.